Designing Success from Study to Studio. I'm your host, Rhiannon Lee, founder of the Oleander and Finch Design Studio. I've lived the transformation from study to studio and then stripped it bare and wrote down the framework so you don't have to overthink it. In this podcast, you could expect real talk with industry friends, community, connection, and actionable tips to help you conquer whatever's holding you back. Now let's get designing your own success. I have so much going on in my business this week. I cannot wait to pop up and talk more about it. I have a webinar tonight. By the time you're listening to this, it will have been last night. There are over 100 people registered to come and have a listen, and I can't wait to share with them some ideas on how they can get two clients into their business this week. And I'll be sharing some results with you, obviously, as they go off and implement my framework. I also have the framework, speaking of, opening for new intake this week. So if you are on the wait list, check your emails Wednesday morning. Something exciting is happening and I have really big changes in the back end of that course and program this round. I've made a lot of changes to adding more and more templates and things that you can access, obviously, on top of what was already there. We've also changed the platform for our chat app and we're loving it inside there. The frameworkers are on there all day, every day, just asking each other things around. We've had scope of works and warranties come up and clients who have had particular red flags or questions. It's a really great community of just nutting things out together. So I'm loving that. The last thing that we are launching along with the new student intake this round, that I have never done before and I'm a little bit nervous I won't lie I am feeling a little bit like is this the right choice for my business but that is a payment plan so I am now allowing anyone who wants to be part of the framework and that means weekly mentor sessions you get one hour with me a week and with your frameworkers and with your guest speakers to get to dial into our zoom calls every single week so that's four per month we also you get straight into the chat you get straight into all the documents and all the video lessons and you basically get everything you could possibly need for your interior design business and you can pay monthly $199 per month plus GST so that is so new for me and I can't wait to see how it goes because it is born of some feedback that people have really struggled with the 2297 price point to pay in full. That is cheaper if you pay in full than if you have the payment plan, obviously, if you do the math quickly. But, you know, and that's obviously to encourage you to pay in full and to have it all done. But if you need to do it piece by piece, I'm totally feeling it, sister. I am, I have a mortgage, I have kids, I get what economic situation we're in, but I really do want to help as many new designers and interior designers out there that could find benefit inside of the framework. So this is a way that I can cast that net a little bit wider and to let more and more people in and to get access to these weekly mentor hand-holding sessions where we can really go deep on your business and scale or set up or start or succeed in whatever success looks like for you. Enough of that. If you need anything from me, an alignment call, you want to check if it's right for your business, or you just want to chat about it, drop into my DMs over on Instagram at oleander underscore and underscore Finch. But for today, let's get designing your own success. We're going to discuss how to identify and leverage your transferable skills from your previous work life. Being able to pinpoint these skills and using them strategically, you can differentiate yourself in the market very easily and create a unique opportunity. Before I dive into practical steps, I want to briefly help you understand the concept of transferable skills. 
These are abilities and things we've picked up along the way, knowledge, experiences, all those sorts of things that we've gained in other industries that can be applied effectively in interior design. Things like marketing, sales, maybe you were in copywriting or administration, so you're like really great at coming up with systems and processes. Um, there's all sorts of diverse skills that we can pull out from our employment history. There's even unique backgrounds such as education or performance art that can provide you with a competitive edge. So let's get into it. The first thing we want to do is actually identify those transferable skills. So whether that's mind mapping or like just writing a list and thinking about reflecting on your past roles, think of them as job descriptions. Like was there any specific projects or times where you focused on skills that maybe weren't the obvious ones in the job description, but you were sent to take a course or upskill in a particular area or you did something that you can write on your list, just jot it all down if it even remotely sounds like something you might be able to use in your own design business. These skills might not seem obvious at first, like you might have taken the minutes in all of those endless, boring corporate meetings, but hello, organizational skills. So grab a pen and paper, pause this if you need to, or think about coming back to it um, at a different time and sit down and let's see you know, give it 20 minutes. How many can you list in 20 minutes of tasks that you performed in your last role that might apply to running your own business? Try to consider both hard skills like knowing design software proficiently or project management and soft skills. So communication, problem solving, just the way you are with people. You don't need to qualify the skills, but try to think across the board. Don't overlook the things that you take for granted that you're good at or that you enjoy either. It's one of my biggest pet peeves how creatives diminish their importance just because we love doing the work. Like I see people undercharged because they're like, this should be illegal. People pay me to shop with their money. That's not what they're paying you for. They're paying you for all the time you spent at design school, all the things that you know and your natural ability to pull things together and return a transformation for them that is cohesive, well thought out, intentional and beautiful. Just because I live my dream job doesn't mean you should be getting it for free. If you're a natural leader or someone that colleagues seek advice from, skills come in lots of shapes. So not just things that you get a formal qualification or certificate for, and don't forget the ones that you also love doing. If you struggle with this exercise, because some people do find it really hard to write positive things about themselves or like think of all these skills that they bring to the table, perhaps you can seek some feedback from colleagues, mentors, supervisors, people you've worked with before, just to get like a broader perspective on your strengths. That might feel a little bit awkward, but it's actually an amazing exercise to do. So if you touch base with five colleagues and ask them honestly, say, look, you can be brutal, I can take it. What would you say my work superpower is? And what would you identify as my blind spot? If they could tap you on the head and fix a trait or behavior that you maybe didn't know you have, what would they secretly choose to fix? Just craft a few questions like this. So open-ended questions, things that the results will give you skill sets basically and I would do no more than sort of five standard questions and send the same to five different people and that'll start to show you a real pattern. Once you get your surveys back you can look for common threads across all the different responses and then once you have your list you can look for different industries and roles and identify the transferable skills that you have that will benefit your design career. So if you've got four you've picked your top four skills that you think might be helpful you can then go and have a look at 
jobs in the design industry that are out there that might need those particular skills and really start to craft an idea of, of what sort of skills you're bringing to the table that your colleague, uh, not even your colleagues, your peers may not have. Once we have our skills, it's all about using that creativity that we have to think creatively about how will we leverage these transferable skills for differentiation in the market. So imagine, for example, you have a background in education and performance art. You could leverage your experience in set design to create immersive 3D renders for school groups. So you could look at something borderline commercial, I guess. I'm just sort of coming up with it. But you could say, hey, before you guys get right into it and start paper macheing planets and painting everything, I could show it to you in 3D using my 3D render um, programs, something like that. It's an interactive approach for the schools and it will set you apart. I've just come up with that. Maybe you don't want to be the interior designer that's going after community groups with low budgets but at the same time maybe that's something you do on the side that develops your skill while you don't have clients and allows you to give back to the community while you're there. You're probably going to hear a lot of things about your USP or your unique selling proposition and having transferable skills will really help you to understand what that actually is because it's about your own personal background. So your USP, it's about your own story and you will be able to craft that USP by combining your transferable skills and your personality and your background. All these things come together to make up the story of you and they are the reason that you are not identical to the person in the same street as you who is also an interior designer offering e-design. You're still going to be able to set yourself apart by what skills you bring to the table and what your past history is. Keep in mind, you want to be highlighting these USPs all the time in your marketing materials. So you really want to be talking across your website or social media profiles, attracting clients that resonate with your offering by just share your story all the time. Explain how your diverse skill set benefits clients in ways that others might not. Again, I'm just using the example of sort of performance art. You know, I am not shy to speak to the contractors on site. I'm willing to do an interpretive dance about a crab. You know, just just get silly, get fun, um, lean into what makes you you. Knowing these USPs as well can really help you craft like a workshop or reach out and offer to guest speak at a relevant industry event because there's a possibility that you become an expert in your niche that's so specific because of your ability to be aware of your combined transferable skills and background and what makes you different. In that case, you know, you can craft presentations, just all, you can reach out with all sorts of things like think creatively how once you get to your transferable skills and you know what they are and what makes you different, once you've written your story, use it to pitch yourself onto a podcast, use it to pitch yourself into the media, use it to craft beautiful uh, presentation packs with like really great as I say, bio is all put together in a way where it's obvious that you know who you are and what you bring to the table. Some of these transferable skills will not be uh, so obvious to the naked eye. Like perhaps if you have a background in sales, you can leverage your persuasive abilities to pitch your design ideas and secure new clients. So your discovery calls might be your strength or you might know exactly how to put a call to action out there that leads you into a conversation instead of letting clients self-diagnose themselves in and out of your business. 
We can always use these transferable skills to bridge the gap between when you're launching a business and when you're getting paid clients as well. Like if you have a background in graphic design, you could leverage those skills to offer branding, visual identity services to other startups or design small businesses. And that it sort of combine your existing design expertise with where you're going, allow you to practice marketing and consumer psychology. You could create the holistic brand experience for others and just leave a lasting impression within the industry and help you practice talking to target audiences something like that you might have something that came from your previous work that you can still dip into and maybe share it with your community like if you're inside the framework and we're meeting weekly for mentoring and one of the girls is having trouble she can't get past the branding doesn't really know what to do um, or really can't work out canva doesn't have a suite of templates they're all inside the framework but like if they just don't know what to do perhaps your skill as a graphic designer you could swoop in and say hey maybe we could do a little one-on-one session I'll teach you like quickly how to move around the software and you know you can make a bit of money or you could do it as um, a swap with their transferable skills and all sort of upskill each other. So we've talked about identifying our transferable skills and then differentiating yourself inside of the market and understanding your USPs um, we have a couple of examples of how you might do that, thinking about, you know, maybe a former marketing executive could use your storytelling abilities to create storytelling marketing for your interior design business, those sorts of things. But the very last point that I want to make about how you can leverage these transferable skills is taking action. And I will say this probably every single podcast episode it is all about progress over perfection and not being sort of paralyzed in that feeling of like oh I can't move on because it's not exactly right taking action is the most important thing if all you can do is recognize one of those transferable skills in the list that you wrote down and thinking okay I'm going to use that and I'm going to say I'm actually quite type A I'm very organized I'm great at lists I'm great at knowing what to do and I'm going to use that for the skill of project management within an interior design offer to clients. And I'm also going to use it for the skill of processes and systems and building things in the back end because I know that I'm very details oriented and what I will deliver will be beautiful and it will not be scrappy, it will not be sloppy and it won't be missing any detail whatsoever. So that will set me apart from other people within the industry who are maybe you know super busy with clients and not all about the details. Once you've done all of that, I want you to go back and you may not have even created these. So if that's the case, that's fine. Just make sure you include it when you do. But if you have created it, I want you to go back and update your portfolio and all the marketing material to reflect that unique value proposition. Make sure you're highlighting all of those transferable skills that you're actually talking about, your attention to detail, your project management, um, that you are details oriented, that you're very organized, that your processes are very clean. Like all of those things should be evident within your bios and within your marketing material. And if you need to continue splicing that message into your Instagram stories, you know, making a joke about being so type A and showing your to-do lists and showing showing your diary and showing how you actually really do value those details and you live and breathe those values. Once you understand a little bit more about what differentiates you from your peers, uh, it's time to get networking. Get out there. Look, it's not for everyone. I don't go to a lot of networking events. I'm not introverted. I think you probably know that if you've followed me for a little while. It's just that I am in a season of my life with tiny little babies and little people that need me and we live bit more regionally. It's a bit of a drive. I go to some. I'm not saying I never do. I just don't 
for me personally, that is not my sort of value where I want to go to networking events and industry events. I'll go to a couple a year. I love, love, love when I do get to go to them. I love meeting other designers. I love sharing my story. I love listening to their stories and learning about their business journeys. Um, And every time I go, I think, gosh, I need to go to more of these. I do like attending them. I just don't get to go to as many as I'd like for the aforementioned reasons. But I would suggest you start sharing your story, start talking about your skills, attending those events, engaging with online communities, get yourself a network, build connections. Um, I will say it over and over and over again, community and connection. I knew that this was important, but it has never been more evident to me until I started the first year framework and watching the girls pair up, learn from each other, take accountability from each other, drive results out of each other, um, you know, laugh, cry, scream, do whatever we need to do having that and seeing what they have that I didn't have at the start to me is like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I was missing that until I saw what's going on inside of those groups. And I thought, oh gosh, that support piece is so much more important, that community and connection. I sort of did it as an aftermath. I was like, oh yeah, here's the video lessons and here's all the resources and everything you could need to start an interior design business. Oh, and if you want, there's a Facebook group and we can chat weekly. And I just sort of threw it in at the end thinking that'd be nice. That that To me, it is now hands down the most important part of the framework. So get yourself in and around other business besties, uh, at least one that you can bounce ideas off all the time and that you can practice your differentiation, practice your unique value proposition, talk to them about all of that stuff that you are going to practice with clients soon. Okay, that brings us to the end of today's episode of Designing Success. Remember, unlocking your hidden talents and leveraging your transferable skills will set you apart in the interior design market. By embracing your unique background and offering tailored solutions, you can carve out a niche and achieve success much quicker. That wraps up another episode of Designing Success from Study to Studio. Thanks for lending me your ears. Remember, progress over perfection is the key. If you found value in today's episode, go ahead and hit subscribe or share it with a friend. Your feedback means so much to me and it helps me improve, but it also helps this podcast reach more emerging and evolving designers just like you. For your daily dose of design business tips and to get a closer look at what goes on behind the scenes, follow at oleander underscore and underscore finch on Instagram. You'll find tons of resources available at www.oleanderandfinch.com to support you on your journey. Remember, this is your path, your vision, your future, and your business. Now let's get out there and start designing your success. 